Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I am Brian Allen Delaney. And today we've got a great episode for you. We are covering Earth vs. the Star Mummy by Lucas Mangum and The Nutcracker Massacre. But before we get into that, what's up with you, Brian? Uh, not too much. Been watching some movies and stuff. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Christmas treat you well? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Santa gets you Santa stuff. Yes, he got me a Santa costume. (laughs) (laughs) Santa costume. Yeah. Nah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Today is the day after Christmas, Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't know anyone that really calls it that here. Do you? Uh, no. But I mean, I guess my family that lives in London does. Yeah. But that's to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. 6 a.m. Boxing Day. <laughs> See, that wouldn't have worked in the Ben Folds 5 song. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Brick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Boxing Day. That would have been. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> throw a Boxing Day reference into Brick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot. Not that you asked me, but. No, I didn't. Yeah. Good Christmas, good, good holiday, and now tomorrow I go back to work. It's kind of, kind of bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's only a three day work week. I can't really be mad. Three days, and then cool. I get another four day work weekend. So, it's all good. It's all good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, I watched. Uh, you see anything good lately? Uh, I watched Glass Onion. Uh, that's what I was gonna just say. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I felt, um, I felt like it, you know, it had obviously had like a stacked good cast, like a yeah. great cast and it was well directed, well written, but ultimately the story wasn't as compelling as the first. Uh, I, I agree with that. It, yeah. it felt like it was trying to poke fun a little bit at a particular person instead of, um, <laughs> I'm not even catching it. I mean, like, or I guess the billionaire tech people oh yeah in yeah. general um but no i mean i liked it a lot i thought you know there was a lot of good stuff going on but i do think the knives out was better well knives out is just like a, it's a great movie it's one yeah. i've seen multiple times like i don't know i think it's one of the best easily one of the best whodunits that we've mm-hmm. had in a long time especially without it being like a horror whodunit mm-hmm but it's just a good old fashioned murder mystery. Yeah. And if they keep doing these knives out mysteries, you know, just detective Blanc mysteries, mm-hmm. I am down for as oh, many yeah. of them that they make. Like, I love that character and you know, Ryan Johnson, maybe you're not the biggest star Wars fan of his, but he's, uh, you know, brick was amazing. And looper was great. Uh, dude can write. Oh like, yeah. Like whenever he's doing his own thing, I yeah. think is when it when it shines. Um, I think there's like a he signed on to do like three more. Oh really? He? Yeah, that's um, cool. It, it was the biggest deal Netflix has ever done. I think it's I think it was three movies really? he signed on for. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah, I watched uh, Strange World, Disney's Strange World. Oh yeah, that got. Very little marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's already streaming on Disney Plus. Huh. Uh, uh, but we went to the theaters a couple weeks back and saw it. It was good. Um, 
It was fun. It was it had a really high concept for a Disney film, mm-hmm. like in ways, like I don't know. Con- conceptually, it was kind of like a fifties fifties uh, sci fi meets Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of deal. They okay. were just adventurers. Yeah, and I mean, kind of a derivative plot line. They they're out finding a source of energy. You know. A, Mm-hmm. Clean source of energy, kind of avatarish, uh, in that. And they get lost in space. No, it's called Strange World. <laughs> I know, but it's also the that's like lost in space. Oh, was it? I mean, like the TV show. That right? was that was what they were doing. No, I'm just oh. saying. Like, I, I, actually, right. I think it actually was what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, uh, like, it was it was cool. Um, it had a. The only downside, like, it had, like, a... You could tell that they were doing things to, like, reinforce just positive family stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, just everybody had, like, a very healthy family uh, relationship, but not, like, corny healthy, if that makes sense. Um, Like, realistic healthy? Yeah, because I think what happened was, like, stuff like uh, Turning Red and just some of those films at the time were just a couple years back we're kind of enforcing the fact that like you know generational trauma or stuff like that which is you know it's worth mentioning and all that but this Mm -hmm. is uh this is just like a kid he was like a gay kid with really accepting parents and and uh they like i don't know like him being gay was an afterthought it wasn't like Mm a you know and so um it was it was cool, um, but like I, the only downside that I can say is like if you're gonna watch it with your kids, um, some of the plot not that it doesn't make sense, but it, it's really dense at times. Mm-hmm. But I really think more than anything, the plot density is just to get you from point A to point B because it's kind of a series of oh no, you know, monster of the minute <laughs> type things. Um, so if you treat it almost like a ride or something, like it it, it is really good. Um, I would recommend it. It's not going to be a, uh, you know, it's not going to turn into a Disney classic or anything like that. But yeah, well, I mean, the people are already talking about how it was a failure because it was so woke. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the, the, all right. So, you know, everybody that listens knows that we're in. Deep in the heart of conservative Texas, uh, uh, this was like a sold out crowd um, mm-hmm. that watched it, and I was very surprised. Uh, there appeared to be only one walkout whenever they mentioned the kid being gay as like hmm. an afterthought, which uh, you know I was surprised that there wasn't more <laughs> because <laughs> because we're in a very again very conservative part of Texas where. Where to put it in perspective, they just uh, banned a bunch of like LGBT books from our local library. So like, just so (laughs) if anyone needs like a frame of reference for that, so I'm surprised that uh, out of a sold out crowd, there was only one. You know, crazy. That is that actually is surprising. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, uh, and I guess. You know, you you never know what the hell they're talking about whenever they're like talking about woke. Like all these talking heads, it could be like a million things. That's what yeah. I assumed it was. The other thing is, you know, it's a diverse, like 
it wasn't like just a bunch of white characters. Like yeah. there's a multiracial family. Their kid was, mm-hmm. you know, mixed race. And like, maybe, maybe that's what they were griping about. Who the hell knows? Who cares? <laughs> it was, it was a really good movie though. Like, awesome. So I, I would say that was really, really wholesome. If that's what you're into for kids. Um, I, I think that, uh, the the only downside was I felt like the trailer played it like well other than it being conceptually dense the other downside that I didn't mention is that the trailer played it almost as if it was going to be really really uh, sci fi ish yeah it, and it wasn't like I wanted like a little kid's sci fi almost horror movie <laughs> because you know that's what I'm always wanting like a, a paranormal or some shit yeah um. But no, it, it had no horror elements, just strictly sci-fi and creature feature type stuff. But it, it was cool. It was good. <laughs> anyway, uh, you see anything else lately? Um, I'm trying to think about it. If what it like, if anything since the last time we were on that I didn't mention. Uh, I finally watched uh, Ten Thousand Years of Longing. Oh, how was it? weird (laughs) was it good yeah it was it was uh kind of not what i was expecting though i mean i guess it was but you know it was essentially it was um tilda swinton and uh idris elba like in a hotel room because she had let him out and then him telling her his life story yeah it looked like the genie version of womb (laughs) <laughs> kind of was, <laughs> but it was just you know a uh, a bunch of weird stuff. I mean, like the visuals were crazy. I mean, like the story in general was kind of crazy because w- whatever. Um, but it was, yeah, it was kind of nuts. But it was definitely you know George Miller nuts. So <laughs> do what it was. It was George Miller nuts. You know. More there wasn't cool. a lot of car chases and explosions, but just a bunch of weird characters and weird visuals. Would you recommend it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, it's... It's almost like a... romance movie. <laughs> yeah. Almost. I kind of... I kind of got that, honestly. And on honestly, just from the use of longing... Yeah. So anyway, but. I mean, all the, it's like three kind of vignettes, right? I think it was three. Um, you know, bookended by their hotel room stuff, and it's all about love and stuff is the central theme behind all of it. So, huh? If you're into that sort of thing, I like genie <laughs> movies or genie stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a real big mark for just Aladdin and well, that's about it. No, nah. but uh, I guess Wishmaster, yeah, Kazam, um, Shazam, oh, but no one remembers it. <laughs> oh, um, was a was a like Sinbad? Wasn't there one of those like Arabian Nights? No, like, that Ray Harryhausen. Like Oh, okay. I thought you meant Sinbad is in the Shazam one again. No. I was like, no, dude. Wait, were you Mandela affected? No. Um. You know, like, honestly, I don't think there's 
there's like one Mandela effect that I think actually gets me. Uh, the Fruit of the Loom one gets me. And but, Bernstein Bears. But the uh, Fruit of the Loom one, I remember the way that everyone seems to remember with the little cornucopia. Yeah. That's I mean, bes- maybe. Berenstein Bears, like, come on, I was like five. I don't know how to spell back then. You know what I'm like, Yeah. Well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I mean, that one didn't like, I wasn't like, what? 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 You know, My like, whole world is shattered. Yeah, yeah. I, there wasn't a lot riding on Berenstein Bears to me, but it still was like, wait, what? They're the Berenstein Bears. That's not even a name. It's their name. <laughs> like the author. But I think everyone on that one, I, I give equal credence to everyone used to, like, being used to the name Bernstein. Yeah. It's and all, so it's, it's all, all of them are. Maybe. Maybe. Dude. Maybe maybe we're all hopping universes. We could be. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, if I was betting, I would, I would bet every dollar that I've ever owned that we're not hopping in verses. <laughs> but I don't know that. I mean, I don't have that kind of ego to to think that I know that. You call me egotistical? Yes, <laughs> without even hesitating. Uh, I mean, sure, on a lot of other things, but this? <laughs> what if this was a falling out for us? Fuck <laughs> you, it's Bernstein. This is the hill our friendship dies on. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm going to go see the toadies tomorrow. Really? Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey was like, uh, one of her friends had bought a table. And she was like, want to go half seas on a table there? And I was like, what does that mean? She's like... We just don't have to get sell some merch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you're not really in the seats, but you're not really in the crowd. Yeah, where's it at? House of Blues. Yeah, it's them and Flicker Stick. Remember Flicker Stick? No. Uh, yeah, I had a, a, one of their CDs that I got for free while working at Fye, and I remember bringing it back. So I'm not. <laughs> 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 I was like, someone else is going to get something out of this. Uh, but whatever. Like, it should be a good show. Uh, and supposedly they're playing uh, all of Rubberneck this time. Really? Yep. So I guess no one wanted to hear their bluegrass shenanigans. So anyway. Jealous. I'm kind of jealous too. I mean, of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, Toadies, like, as far as alternative rock bands go, they they rank high on my list of uh, bands that I've never seen and would like to see. So I'm pretty pumped. Mm-hmm. But anyway. And, and technically, like, they're a semi-local band because they're yeah. from, like, Fort Worth or whatever. Yeah, we should ask uh, the guys that we chat with uh, that are all in California if the Toadies are still even a thing there. Probably not. I would imagine they're, they're not. They're probably still a thing here because 94.5 still plays songs from... I would, their, I would their, say their, they play it every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Oh, yeah. They play more than one song from Rubberneck every day. Yeah. But you got to admit, Away, Tyler, and what, Possum, Possum Kingdom, Kingdom are all like freaking bangers. Dude, that whole album is awesome. Yeah. It's great. So, I'm 
pumped about that. But uh, there was something else. Oh, Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink's getting a theatrical release within like, uh, I think it's January 7th. Yeah, it's close. Dude, we should go. Let's go. Yeah, we should. All right. Done. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I want to see that. Uh, I hear it's just creepy. Yeah. I mean, it got really good reviews from that bootleg copy that was going around. Yeah. (laughs) I would venture to say without that bootleg copy getting all those good reviews, it probably wouldn't have gotten distribution. You think it was a ploy? Could have been an an industry setup, but Mm -mm. who knows? I mean, you got to admit, there's only... So many ways you can market a sub ten thousand dollar budget movie. Yeah, and Gorilla is top of the list. Yeah, yeah. So get it in the right hands, and yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't hate the player. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've podcasted since I saw Terrifier two. Oh no, I don't think we have. Um. Yeah, I would recommend that everyone watch. Like, if you listen to this podcast, you probably want to watch Terrifier too. And I'm not even going to say that it's like a great movie or anything like that because it's not. But it's absolutely like what you want to see if you want to see just jacked up horror films. Now, do you need to watch Terrifier one or all of the extended universe ones? Either no. Well, I've I've only seen Terrifier one and All Hallows Eve. Uh, when it was All Hallows Eve, right? It was I the, think so. There's like technically it's like five of them in the in the universe. Yeah, but one of those was basically a demo version of what landed on All Hallows Eve, and it had a different Art the Clown. Yeah, I'm just saying. But um, not really. I mean, the events of Part One kind of come into play in this, but not really. You don't have to watch. You definitely don't have to. Uh, rewatch it you know like because i didn't and i think i got everything but the only shitty thing about this is he's definitely like a supernatural being in this one Mm -hmm. and he's got like dream powers and a sidekick (laughs) so it's almost freddy krueger but with a sidekick like this dead clown girl Uh uh-huh and uh, but and it's two and a half hours long. There's a lot of things that you're gonna, a lot of hurdles you're gonna have to jump to enjoy this movie. Yeah, you're but, listing some negatives there. <laughs> but I, I I will say that it's jacked up. And if you like jacked up horror films, mm-hmm. there are not many that I mean, not many mainstream type ones that have gotten a theatrical release or anything that uh, go this far. And it's it maintains almost a sense of levity in it where I don't really feel like the first one did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could treat it at face value of this one and be like, oh, my God, this just screwed up. Um, but this one, I don't know. I felt like it had almost like a trauma like sense of levity about it where mm. where it's like, oh, man, that's just so messed up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm not. It probably won't make my top five, which should be our next episode. Yeah, but uh, it, it definitely was a recommendation if you're starving for something. I mean, I it's it also did like 
crazy good at the box office. Yeah. I, I want to say it did $12.5 million. It, it has a 12.1 uh, okay. world gross. Yeah, on, on a quarter of a million dollar budget with yeah. no advertising. It strictly yeah. was TikTok that did it. Or not just TikTok, but mostly TikTok. That did it, but they also cast uh, as the little like the younger brother in this. Uh, they did something smart. You don't have a budget. They cast somebody with. Uh, he does like music reviews and horror movie reviews, but mostly mm-hmm. just music reviews and and interviews. Um, this kid, the so, dude from the Needle Drop. No, no. <laughs> That would be amazing. Now nah, he's like a twelve-year-old kid that's like, I'm just chilling with Glenn Danzig. <laughs> you know, like he gets all these like, like weird access to people. But they cast that kid, and he did a good job. The acting was well done. It still is jacked up, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth watching. I also watched Pearl since we. Oh, I watched uh, X and Pearl since the last but- episode. No, I'm pretty sure it was before then, but I just don't know if I ever mentioned them. You didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What are your thoughts? Don't, don't like to just air out my public stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I liked X better. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I, Pearl was interesting, and it had some fun moments, but I, I think X was a much better movie. Okay, so I think I liked Pearl better, but okay. I think X is more rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Because I don't ever plan on watching Pearl again. But I liked Pearl better. I hate the Pearl character in both movies. I think mm-hmm. she's almost one of the most unwatchable characters ever. But I also feel like that's the point of her. Yeah, kind of. So, anyway. Me and Anthony Trevino. Trevino. Because remember, I always say Trevino and it's wrong. Yeah. But uh, we were actually talking about this earlier today. <laughs> he he just did a side text because uh, he knows that I'd seen that movie, yeah. and he was like, "You know, I think I like Pearl better next." <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, and, but yeah, yeah, no, nah, they're not bad movies. They're just bad Ty West movies, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I can see that. Like they're they're good movies in a way. Hmm. Like, you compare it against a lot of horror, horror, (laughs) that has come out this year, Um, and they're up there. It's just, I don't know. There's something about both movies that just feels a little off to me. Mm -hmm. But I did like the visuals of Pearl, and... I like. I think it was very smart of them to set it during the 1918 flu, so that they could have bigger cast all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that uh, there were there were a number of smart choices. Uh, I thought both films made. Um, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where we landed <laughs> with that. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, well, what do you want to dip into first? Probably one of the reviews. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, let's do let's do movie first. All right, we will be right back with the Nutcracker Massacre review. And we're back with Nutcracker Massacre. 
um, directed by Rebecca Matthews, written by Joe Netter and Jeff Miller. Uh, what? Oh, nothing. Uh, I, I think I screwed it up the entire time. I've been calling it the Nutcracker Massacre. There's no the. There's no the. Yeah, my bad. You gotta you gotta respect the articles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. So here's the synopsis. It says follows a novelist who visits her family for Christmas and finds a mysterious Nutcracker doll, which soon becomes possessed and wreaks havoc. I mean, I guess, yeah. That's, I mean... That's a thing that happens in the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna go up top and just tell you I did not like this movie. Why not? Well, first off, and what I feel is the most important, is that it was boring as hell. Yeah. Like, it was so boring. Like, <sighs> I, I feel like it was a short film idea that they needed to pad. Yeah, and, and <coughs> it had, you know, an opening kill. Like, you know, after movies after Scream all have, like, kind of the opening kill. Yeah. But then, then it says two days Bonus earlier. Points. Bonus points if it's a high-profile guest star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drew Barrymore was in this, um, but, no. Um, but so then it says two days earlier, and then within like twenty minutes, we were back to that scene. Mm -hmm. And instead of like just showing the beginning of that scene and letting the audience, you know, piece it together, they showed that entire scene again. Yeah, Lord, <laughs> like. That's a failure in in uh, directing, or at least editing. At least editing. Well, I mean, it would be different if it showed it from like a different perspective, or maybe new information comes to light. Because, I mean, like honestly, we talked about Glass Onion a little bit earlier. Um, there was a point, like, say the first quarter of Glass Onion was replayed again. But it was from a different perspective. All right. Full disclosure on Glass Onion. I slept for 20 minutes in the middle. <laughs> but I felt like I missed nothing. So, Well, it's probably because you slept through what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah this is all revelation to me. <laughs> no, it basically played the entire movie again. But from a different perspective. Yeah, and see, and that you makes got a sense. Lot new, you got a lot more new information and, and things like that. Um, this might have been a different camera angle in Nutcracker Massacre, but I think that might have been it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to say that basically, and I don't want to make this like shorter of a, of a review than it has to be, because we can go on probably. I mean, way we can too. probably go way spoilery if we want to, because I don't think it's going to matter. But I felt I felt like this screenplay sucked shit. Like okay, it was it was like it was like loaded with this uh, like forced drama between the family. Yes, that was oh. like who the fuck cares? We signed up for a movie called Nutcracker Massacre. Yeah, give us the blood. We don't give a flying fuck about this family. Is that but, wrong? No, no, no. Okay, because like you got like the the main character um, Clara, mm -hmm. right, and then her cousin Mousy. Who had apparently like grown up together because Clara's mom was dead or whatever, and there's all this animosity between the two of them, 
and that was whatever, you know. But it, it was it was too much. <laughs> but what also happened is there was this whole like side plot, or I guess it's the main plot of Clara's boyfriend Paul cheating on her, mm-hmm. right? But like we're just dropped into the aftermath of that. Yeah. And we we don't see it ha- like we don't see their falling out, we don't see any of their relationship before it. We don't have any emotional investment in any of this that's happening. It yeah, just and feels like it's there to add minutes. Yeah, it's like we were dropped in a room with them and like, "Oh, we got to catch up on your entire family's backstory." And we're just told all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's literally just exposition dumps about how characters feel. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I just feel like this wasn't the film that we signed up for. That no. altogether, like no, um, I have in my notes Christmas needful things. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> like I wanted something like Jack Frost, just like uh-huh. a cheap chaotic horror movie. Yeah, not like a quaint English drama, <laughs> like with like intermittent kills from. Uh, and Nutcracker with one of two faces. Yeah, I don't. Did that annoy you? Like he only had like one of two faces, which I realized it was like a mask or something. But like, come on, it was just like he was either chilling, like he was in like uh, trying to be covert, or like had angry face. Yeah, the angry face is on the cover. Um, but. There was so much that I just didn't understand. That okay, so that particularly didn't bother me. It reminded me a lot of like Doctor Who villains. Oh, okay. Right? Because it's like Doctor Who even now is super cheap. Like yeah. super cheaply done. And so like they'll literally do stuff like that where it'll be like the bad guy will have one face and then they'll like pan over to Doctor Who and it'll come back to it and it's got a different mask on. Mm. Like so it's like <laughs> so that, it's like Power Rangers-y? Yeah, it's like worse than Power Rangers. <laughs> Have you kept up with Doctor Who? Yeah. Okay. What? Nothing. Got, uh, <laughs> Nothing. I feel like everybody new, quit watching five years ago. No, new Doctors. Well, there was a big thing whenever Jodie Whittaker took over. Um, Uh-oh, did it, it tie into Gamergate or something? And I'm just yeah, not aware yeah. of <laughs> it. Woke tie- Doctor. <laughs> it, it was a bunch of that. People really? were just like, yeah, just people dropping it because it was a woman. And it's like, that was so stupid. Because, like, I really think she was a great doctor. <laughs> the problem is a lot of her episodes were bad. Because, like, what they did whenever they, they brought her on board is for that first season she was on, they were like, we're not going to do any Doctor Who stuff that's been in the past. So it was like all new story and all new whatever. Like there was no ties. To it was about like Doctor an Who's actual story. doctor out of nowhere. <laughs> She's a surgeon. It's like house. But it was, it, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, it, I don't know. Towards the end of it though, she got some really good episodes, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. So they just had the, the holiday special. David Tennant came back. Um, and then they've got a new doctor coming, I think, in January. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what? I'm just I'm laughing that this turned into Doctor Who. Getting back there. Uh, okay. So, uh, so 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 th- there's a lot of this movie that just 
doesn't make any sense for me. Mm-hmm. And the top of the list is the actual plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so so they go to this guy who makes like nutcrackers, right? Patrick like, Virgin. Sorry, <laughs> um, I, I he's credited. Ready? This is what he's credited in the um, in the movie as actor. Uh. <laughs> Well, he says what it is on IMDb. (laughs) That can't be his role, though. Uh, It never says his name. Yeah. Dude, I will say he acted his ass off in a very boring movie. Dude, he literally twirled his mustache. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was like, fuck, man. Like, who is this guy? (laughs) Apparently, he was Robin Hood at one point in time. What? Yeah. Like, I mean, not like the real Robin Hood, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> but no, like, he was like, they dug him out of anonymity from like a prized role. Uh, but like, Enemy Patriot Games. Yeah, he's been in good movies, and this isn't one of them. But wow. he, he did a good job. It's just, they just focused so much on him telling the fucking backstory of the Nutcracker. Well, hold on, because. Because, okay, yeah, because he tells a story about some dude, right, who he gets enthralled with, like, the story of the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, and then this town was known for their magical gyms. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hold on, what? I kind of love that, because <laughs> at least it gave it some reason. But, but, but it didn't, because, like... <laughs> Because when it showed the the Nutcracker coming alive the first time, the, like, star on the tree was doing stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. And there wasn't, like, there wasn't a gem in that star. You don't know. What? It was, like, a cheap plastic star. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe his gem lit up the star. I don't know. That it was, was just the- an optical illusion. It was, like, spinning. <laughs> More optical illusion. <laughs> just, just, oh my god! But you know, I don't know. I have my notes now. There's magic jewels and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but then he's like, as the Nutcracker, who's like, you know, some possessed dude from the 1800s who've got magic gems. He's like trying to like feed other magic gems to people to like make them the sugar plum queen or some shit. I don't even know. I'm not even going to lie, man. Like normally I try more than this time, but like while he was saying that it was like minute fucking eight of that explanation that I just started hitting fast forward 30 minutes oh, or 30, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes. Oh, huh, the fucker's over. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Like I was just fast forwarding at some point in time. So I didn't know he fed people gems. He yeah, he tried to do it to um the aunt Marie and stuff. Do you say uh, aunt? Well they're British. Yeah, do you say aunt? No, I say aunt. Yeah, me too. But it's like they're British, you gotta say aunt. <laughs> I mean I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just hit me that like we've been friends for you know, 31 years at this point, and like, how have I not noticed he says aunt? No, the, the real question is, is is it pecan or pecan? I say pecan, but there are people in this world that say pecan. 
Yeah, I say pecan. Yeah, me too, because we're not fucking dummies. just driving like a hard line in the sand yeah. <laughs> it's well, like if, if you say pecan you better just fucking unsubscribe yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest of this the, <laughs> the remainder of the podcast are not for you <laughs> dude that'd be great just to start putting hard lines in the sand over trivial things that someone's gonna eventually like like our ideal listener would eventually like oh i dude, thought you Meant like in real life, <laughs> just cutting people out of your life for the stupidest reason. <laughs> what you don't like tacos from Jack in the Box? Get <laughs> out! Like the most inauthentic tacos ever. Yeah, are, like I, they're amazing, but they're the worst tacos. Yeah. Oh, I agree with both of those. That's like a go-to, but they're so bad. And now that they have mini tacos, like mini taco boxes, ah. dude, you eat like. Have, do you have you had the load of mini tacos? No, I have not, dude. I haven't so, been Jack and Box since the last time we went. Ew, that's been like oh. seven years or something. It's been a long I time. Know. It's been pre-pandemic. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I feel like it was longer, but yeah, we used to go to the one by your work before you moved all the time. Ah, uh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the. So off track. Who cares? It's better. It's better than talking about this shit movie. Dude, like, so they make like 15 tacos, like, and they're all like, <laughs> two, it's way too many tacos. All right. It's like four bucks. All right. So you get 15 mini tacos, and if you get them loaded, they literally just take like just condiments and shit and just pour it all over it so that you can take a spoon and mix it. And just eat drenched tacos. Like taco cereal? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so bad. It's it's like, so what, what bad. What kind of condiments are we talking? We're not talking like ketchup and stuff, right? No, no. It's like uh, you can get like with sour cream and, and nacho sauce or, or okay. like just like some sort of salsa and stuff. The shitty thing about it is to me, one of the things that makes the Jack tacos so good is them having like lettuce and shit in it too. Mm -hmm. None of these have lettuce. It's just that bad, like potted meat. (laughs) (laughs) And then sealed shut, but, (laughs) (laughs) and they're way too hot. Speaking of which, (laughs) like they're way too hot. You can let them cool off for so long and bite in. And then it's way too hot. But speaking of which, the other day at fucking Taco Cabana, this is all <laughs> so good of a mute movie review. Um, the other day at Taco Cabana, I kid you not, my my cheek is still healing. It was last Tuesday. I had a taquito. I bit it, and it felt no shit like a fucking cigarette lighter in my mouth. Like it hurt. So bad, but I was like, I'm already here, so like, ooh, like trying to just balance it in my teeth, and it's just burning everything. Anyway, but yeah, I didn't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! Uh, they they like got the the stone from him, and they broke it with that plastic Christmas ornament tree topper thing. And the dude was carrying a hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, I get, like, poetic or whatever. You use tree topper because it's Christmas. But the dude had a hammer. So what I hated was that 
the cousin's name was Mousy, right? Yeah. And he was like after the Mouse Queen, right? In the lure of the Nutcracker. Yeah. Then he just like killed her and went on to someone else. He like killed her the exact same way he'd kill anyone else. Yeah. Why even name her Mousy or even pull that part into it? Red herring, man. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I feel like they were like, yes, checklist, like got the Mousy one. What? Yeah. What else do we need to to add? Like, this is such a smart and good movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> anyway yeah all right <laughs> i don't have much i said that my notes say it's got a decent score yeah there was a there was some parts of it that i liked i mean a lot of it was just straight up ripped off from nutcracker suite from tchaikovsky oh was it? um yeah a lot of it was but then there were some other parts that i was like oh this is pretty good but yeah <laughs> Well, I like how we both thought about that. I was like, the only I mean, I know I thought Patrick Burgeon did a good job. Yeah. I, yeah. And then what was up at the end? Whenever like he looks up in the sky and he like a breeze on, and then, and then question, there's a marks question mark. I, th- I think that that's uh, the end. Yeah, but thing. it was in the middle of his store sign. So it said like vintage in Ula <laughs> <laughs> or in Alton. I don't think you were supposed to pay attention to that vintage part. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is a one and a half out of five. Yeah, but hold on, hold on, real quick. <laughs> because he was also making nutcrackers and putting those gems in them. Yeah, so he was a bad guy. Uh, oh, no, I got that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I mean, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my question there was, okay, so she bought a little nutcracker and then he put yeah. the gems in, right? Yeah. And, and gave her the wrong one. Because she he? ordered a nutcracker and he gave her a sugar plum fairy. Oh, you're right. Okay. But then like, weird to assume that the aunt, the aunt, sorry, had a... <laughs> Six and a half foot nutcracker with a cracked evil face, like for years on end. Well, wouldn't it Clara's mom's? Yeah, but no one was acting like that was a recent addition. I assume oh, Clara's no. mom died years before. Well, yeah, because she grew up with her. I'm I'm assuming like she's been dead for at least like 10, 15 years. What, they hauled the fucker out of the attic or what? <laughs> I don't know. Cause, it, cause, like, I'm sorry, the Arctic. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Clara was is seeming like she had never seen it before. Yeah, yeah, no one had. And then Patrick Bergen didn't even know she had it. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. So he's just like playing willy like loose willy nilly with his gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he he was evidently from that town. Scooped them all up. But I just love how it was just like the worst. And also, this town had magical gems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because up to that point, he's like, you know, and the thing to know about the Nutcracker is that he was really mad. He had lost his mind. But then there were magical gems. <laughs> I mean, okay, like i i have to I have to keep I have to give him points for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I gave him points for that. It's still one and a half out of five. (laughs) It takes a level of, like, ballsiness to just do that. Yeah, it's a a one and a half. (laughs) All right. I'm glad we're in agreement there. All right. Well, we'll be back with our review of Earth vs. Star Mummy by Link... (laughs) 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 By Lucas Mangum. All right, and we're back. We're talking Earth versus the Star Mummy by Lucas Mangum. Something has landed beside the highway outside the desert town of Canestiga, New Mexico. I guess that's how you say that town. Anyway, something strange, something sinister, something from beyond the stars. A demon queen from a dying planet. She escapes her space sarcophagus (laughs) and demands submission from these new subjects. Every act of resistance only makes her stronger. Today, she spells doom for a small New Mexico town. Tomorrow, she'll conquer the world in Earth versus the Star Mummy. Anyway. That's the the summary. Um, so, this was straight up a B movie in yeah. ebook form, and I am here for it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Lots of. It fun. reminded me. It reminded me uh, of Life Force. Yeah, you remember that movie? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You know, there there are multiple reasons why I might remember that movie, but yeah, yes, and especially one where you might be like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, fucking yeah, brother!" Let's take it off mic <laughs> or off air. Um, <laughs> hey. I mean, a similar thing, you know, uh, alien woman um, comes to comes to a te- well, it was a spaceship or whatever in Life Force, mm. but. Humans encounter an alien force that looks like a a lady, yeah, and then um, lots of death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I need to go back and rewatch Life Force. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, this movie she, she was, that was that was Space Vampire. Yeah, what that one's billed as. Yeah, this was definitely a mummy because she Space used mummy. like the the. Uh, bandages and stuff like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but really just the bandages yeah um yeah no this was a super quick read you read it in one sitting Mm -hmm. it's b-movie source material it's got even has commercials yeah yeah. (laughs) has commercials and then you skip to like some plot points missing almost it 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 kind of felt like there was a real missing Mm mm-hmm but I don't know. I think it was part of the fun. Yeah, and a lot of there's a lot of like B movie tropes, and also characters named after you know McCreary. like character references. Yes, McCreary, McCready. Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh hell yeah, McCreary. <laughs> yeah, McCready. Um, there's like commercials and and I like that <laughs> one of the commercials is man gum. Yeah. For Lucas Mangum. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, this was a lot of fun. 
it it had parts honestly to me that felt like the beginning of uh well either the first chapter or so felt like the beginning of Joe Lansdale's The Drive-In. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it it was I'm not going to say this is bizarro. I think it's horror sort of. It's just not scary. It's just B movie. Yeah. Oh no, I mean like uh it, it's exactly what it feels like. Um in the you know, acknowledgments and stuff section, uh he even mentions like watching them and stuff with his mother whenever he was younger and it has that kind of feel. Them is a little bit like well, I guess it's, it's in the 50s. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Uh that's <laughs> I've seen that movie many times. But <laughs> No, I'm just saying it for the listeners. Oh yeah, it's giant radioactive ants. Um, but I mean, this hat has that feeling. It's a, it's an alien that looks like a mummy. <laughs> I mean, like, like that's a that's a '50s B movie concept if I've ever heard one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I I felt especially reading the uh, in the acknowledgments section mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> or was it afterward or whatever afterward this. yeah this was written and he was like yeah i had 10 days from the time i typed it to submit it yeah and then he was like and then i remembered formatting so i had four days <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly like this is like <clears throat> i don't know it it's out of the park, considering those constraints. Oh yeah, definitely. It's fun. It's this is just pure fun. the The downsides that I have to this is only related to that. It's very quick. You know, it's only like mm-hmm. fifty pages or 50 something. Pages. And, and so it's very quick. It's very like you know, honestly. I feel like there's too many characters for something this size, but that give gave it like padding for it to be like a body count novel. Yeah. Um, kind of felt like in terms of pacing that fucking crab book that we read. <laughs> the crabs are here. <laughs> Dude, I love that book. I know. I want to read all of those. Oh, it, you, they just like show up and then the crab would just like cut someone in half. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. It'd give someone a backstory and then it'd skip to the next chapter chapter and then it'd go back to them and it was time for them to die by giant crabs. <laughs> the crabs are <laughs> Yeah. So good. Guy in uh, Smith. Yeah. Um what what I really liked about this is that it nailed like the the 50s B movie tone of taking itself super seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you know people look back at those movies and you know they make fun of them cuz they're cheesy or whatever, but you know like you have to hand it to the actors and stuff who had to who had to act across like a dude in a giant tant suit and stuff. Right. And <laughs> like, and take it seriously and actually act afraid. And, you know, like, like this was actually happening and this nailed that, like everything was, um, I don't want to say melodramatic cause that has like negative connotations. Right. But 
Um, everything was taken seriously by all of the characters in it. Yeah. And it's like, I, I loved that. And nothing was really a joke or anything. You know, even when you've got um, like a levitating um, space mummy shooting lasers out of her eyes down Main Street, you know, in some little town in New Mexico, totally like, you know, n- totally serious. Yeah. (laughs) And it it had multiple characters that like you kind of cared about. So their deaths carried some impact, you know? Yeah. Because spoiler, a lot of people die in this book. A lot, a lot of people like Mars (laughs) attacks level and, and brutally most Mm. of them. (laughs) Um, it was, it was actually a lot more, um, Gory, I guess, than I was expecting. Oh, really? Yeah, but because oh. there was some some pretty uh, pretty brutal deaths. Yeah, but I liked it. You know, it's good. It was, a, it was a good book. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think that, especially for a book with uh, you know only fifty pages, we need to spoil much, but. I agreed this, I'm not going to say my bar was low, but I knew what I was getting into with Earth versus the Star Mummy. I knew yeah. that it was going to be like just a fun little uh, B-movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was fantastic. I-, I enjoyed the living shit out of this book. Yeah. But... um so normally I try to do things that, uh, you know, highlights and, or, you know, pros and cons, if you will. Mm-hmm. I have a like lot a, of, like a review. <laughs> what? No, my only con was there were things that we're supposed to take at face value without being fully fleshed out. You like know? the random scientist guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's always a random scientist guy in in these type of things. Well, yeah, he wasn't mentioned until he was, and then he was, spoiler alert, dead very quick yeah, after. but really integral to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... <clears throat> but, I mean, they, they always do, like, you know, it, it was basically a machine, he invented a machine that interpreted space hieroglyphics, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> But there's always there's always that scientist in these movies. Like think back, um, you mentioned Mars Attacks earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a scientist that they hear that one broadcast from the Martians, and mm-hmm. then he invents a machine that like translates Martian stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a pretty standard thing. I'm going to say my only downside to this is all on me. I want the paperback and I got the Kindle. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It was, it was a fun, fun ass book. Was it groundbreaking? No, there's no world where this is groundbreaking because it's derivative of fifties and sixties sci-fi movies, but it's supposed to be, it's so fun. If that's yeah. like your thing, or even if you kind of just like horror in general, I would say this is more horror than sci-fi, even though it's more derivative of sci-fi content. Um, mm-hmm. 
I would recommend wholeheartedly this book. It's it's fun. Um, in fact, I've never read anything by Lucas Mangum that wasn't like a good book. Yeah, I think every like we've done other stuff on the show, haven't we? Just Saint Sadist on the show, but he also had God, what's his dinosaur book? <laughs> he he wrote a book just straight up just dinosaur violence. <laughs> Oh, God. Extinction Peak, I think, is the name of it. Hold on. Let me look it up. But, yeah, everything he writes is just, like, fun. Yeah. I My only... Well, St. Satis was not a fun book, but readable and very good. Um, What what were you going to say? My only uh, negative, I would say... And it's, you know, basically because of the way this actually, this was done is I just wish it was longer. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> all I'm getting at. Like, we're supposed to take things for at face value that were not fleshed out pre- previously. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but, his dinosaur book was called Extinction Peak. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But I mean, like, being as this was, you know, written and published within 10 days... I mean, that lack of length is kind of to be expected, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I I think it'd be a disservice to, uh, to go in further on a lot of the summary, but I I will say it's well-written and it's part of a trilogy of earth versus B movie books. And now my curiosity is peaked. So, hmm. anyway, and they all have the same guidelines, like 10 days. There you go. But I will probably read the rest of them. So, where are you going to write it? Um, I'm kind of teetering. I, I want to say four. Four <laughs> out of five. I'm going to go I'm, three I'm, and I'm, a half out of five, but it's fucking fun. And yeah, really, it was a lot of fun. Really, honestly, that's kind of all that matters in reading books yeah. is entertainment. This was very entertaining. So, I mean, having grown up on a on a lot of like weird ass, you know, B movies and stuff, um, this really uh, scratched an itch. I don't know. Is that is that what you say? Yes. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. So, well, cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, cool. All right. And with that, I think we're done. With, yeah. The <laughs> podcast. Mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a good run, fellas. <laughs> so, I'm assuming nobody listens. <laughs> yeah. They would have turned it off by now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, next time we will be back with our top five of 2022. And Mm -hmm. that's it. See y'all then.